Hey everyone, Ben here, and what you're about to hear is not the usual prop shows or indeed insane ramblings. After the last episode of the prop shows or episode 16, we stuck around in the studio. Marquetta, who hosts the show after us, Planet of the Apes, was down a co-host this week. So she asked us if we wanted to stick around and help her out. And of course we did because we love to hear the sound of our own voices. So this is a bit more serious a show than you're usually used to hearing from us. But I think some people might like that just to get a bit of a different perspective and hear us talk about a few different issues. We're actually talking about education in this week's episode. So I hope you enjoy it. And... If it's not your thing, don't worry, because the usual episode of Prop Shows all came out this week anyway, and there'll be another one on the way next week. Thanks, Marquetta, for letting us join your show. Oh, and uh, after the show, we were hanging out, and she coined the term small dude for, <laughs> for, I guess, a baby. So if you take nothing else away from this episode, feel free to go out into the world and use small dude instead of baby, because I think that is a phrase that deserves to catch on. You can use it like, uh, like we've suggested child cats for kittens. So feel free to uh, go out and spread that word. And here it is, Ben and Vicky and Marquetta on Planet of the Apes. Silly things, silly people, Planet of the Apes. Celebrating the survival of the stupid. Sundays, 2 till 3 p.m. on scene. Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes. Planet, Planet of the Apes. Hey guys, this is the Planet of the Apes. My name is Marqueta and I'm here with Ben. And that is right. You uh, thought you could get rid of me after my last hour of rambling on the radio, but... Uh, <laughs> Um, I'm still here. I just decided not to leave ever. Uh, cool, cool. And uh, I will be talking today about the silliness of our education system. I will be quite critical. So uh, if you have anything to add, if you think education or school is for nothing, if you share my opinion, basically, uh, shoot me a message on 0427 or syn.org.au. Now, Ben, I want to ask you a question. All right. What do you remember from your school? <laughs> well, I've luckily got more than one memory of uh, both junior school and high school. Like, are you just wanting to know my most memorable yeah, like, most experiences? Memorable. Like, do you, do you remember actually anything factual? Ah, oh, well, no way. <laughs> that no, was no, all. Uh, that's what I thought. That was the waste of time part. I was re more referring to messing around with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, d go ahead. Tell me what, what where you're, uh, <laughs> what, where you're messing around. We had like in year nine, we went on. Um, it was called City Campus. Uh huh. So we just would spend half the year doing regular schoolwork at school, and then the second half of the year, well, like we'd alternate between semesters. We'd spend in the city, and it was a good way to, I guess, learn a bit about like public transport and getting to and from the city and stuff like that but then also spending time in Melbourne like the city itself because our my school was actually like kind of in the middle of the bush mm -hmm. so you're not exposed to necessarily all of the uh, the main same uh, city experiences as some of the other you're more a bush boy. urban schools. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> yes I'm a bush boy uh -huh. and uh, yeah so basically we'd spend half of that year not really learning anything. Like, you would have maths, 
and then the rest of the day would be like, all right, go out and uh, take photos of the city and uh, I guess, I don't know, <laughs> learn something. You, there's got to be a lesson in that, right? So uh, we were... I, it was called self-directed learning, but I really think we took the uh, learning part out of that. We would just end up running around the school, all, around the city all day and uh, playing video games that you know, Meyer or like looking at comic books and stuff like that. That's a great way to spend your days at school. I mean, maybe maybe you probably learned something something more. I mean, we, we, but we, you at least remember. We learned street thing. smarts. <laughs> yeah, you were street smart, exactly. Yeah. But the thing is, yeah, today because I want to talk talk about how how unimportant some of the things that we learned at school are. Mm. Let's say, well, what I remember from my school are only. We took lessons in swimming, in yeah. cooking, I think, and uh, I even did some crafts. Like uh, I actually cut wood, and then I had to polish it with sandpaper and all that. I only remember that because I was re I, I really sucked at that. You spent like a, a good month <laughs> polishing wood. Like, yeah, this will yeah. pay off in the long run. <laughs> well, uh, it was a good experience. Okay. You know, it, well, maybe I will end up polishing wood in the end. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't, down twenty years from now, you're like, feel glad I took that class. That. The, uh, the so are you saying is, that these are the skills that you the sk appreciate? Yeah, these are the skills that I appreciate. Yeah. And I don't remember anything from my, from the history of my country. Well, I remember some things, but I don't remember I don't remember much. I remember I remember some simple math. I don't remember long division. But at that's all. that's all that you need to know, really. You got like the basics, maybe up until you're eight or so. You learn, you know, maths and English and stuff, and then but, after that, it's like, well, I'll probably forget trigonometry. When is that ever going to help me? <laughs> oh, true, true. Thing is, uh, the way we learned mm. was basically one way oriented. We were all supposed to sit down and look at the board, and that's boring. And today, that's not. I mean, I would go through that. I would okay. I'd say I'll just suck it up. Whatever. There's no one revolting, so I'll just sit in the class and do nothing. But today, kids aren't like that. Yeah. They have yeah. their iPhones. They have they have so many distractions in their lives. They don't want to just concentrate on one person telling them one thing. I think there is a time for, for us to reconsider our education system. What do you think? <laughs> well, I remember in year 11, and I think it was, maybe even year 10, I did a subject called Money Matters, which is a kind of useful subject. They tell you how to write a check and do some bank account stuff. But it, oh, was, actually, it was actually pretty easy. Uh -huh. So we'd finish our work in about 15 minutes and still have half an hour. But we had these graphics calculators And so I had Tetris on it. And so we'd spend about 10, 15 minutes doing our work with our friends and then competing in Tetris against each other. I feel like if I had an iPad or whatever to do, like, all these, you know, awesome, you can use the apps and stuff to get ahead to, you know, mix up the, uh, the education a bit, I would have... I would have slacked off even more if that was possible. Like, mm -hmm. there's so many distractions. Like, I could do maths or I could play Angry Birds for the next 20 minutes. It, it's, yeah. a, it's finding the balance because it's saying, oh, yeah, I want to I change the way that we're learning, not just listening to a lecturer for an hour because that, you know, is pretty dry Because you start losing attention in yeah. five minutes. Or, well, they say 20 minutes and then you start losing interest. But I think it's much less than that. Well, if you got a good lecturer you can it can make a big difference like at university i certainly had one or two teachers who would they would do their thing and they would hold your attention for the entire time but then others would be like i want to kill myself this is horrible yeah yeah as, as soon as they introduce themselves yeah right. anyway let's give into a song and uh come back after uh after denko jones still in high school
Back listening to Sin, Planet of the Apes. I am here with Ben and Nikki. Vicky. Vicky. <laughs> no, from yeah. now on you'll be Nikki. That's right. It has been declared. <laughs> anyway, my name is Marquesa and we're talking about schools and education and I will be criticizing educational systems a lot. Uh, I came across this study. They did, and it's a longitudinal, longitudinal study. So they picked kindergarten kids mm-hmm. And they gave them creativity tests that NASA uses to recruit uh, innovative engineers. Ah, interesting. And uh, so this test measures the level of creativity, basically. Mm-hmm. So kindergarten children aged five proved to uh, show 98% of, mm-hmm. uh, of creativity. And then that's almost a genius level. That's uh, like coming up with... 200 different uses for a paperclip. So that was the um, the test. Was it the multiple users test? Or? Uh, no, it, uh, I don't know what the test was. Oh, okay. it, uh, it didn't say on my uh, source. but <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, I actually did my thesis on creativity. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm an expert in the field of creativity research. <laughs> All right. So did you... Uh, well, anyway, to, just to finish talking about this hmm. test, they retested the same children at the age of 10 and only 30% of them showed creativity. Mm. The level of creativity, sorry, was 30%. And then uh, at age 15, it was only 12%. And then wow. when they gave this test to, to adults, it was only 2% of people who actually who are creative. Isn't that scary? <laughs> so it sounds like to me we need to get as many ch- uh, kindergarten-age kids in NASA stat. So we definitely need to. I think to. we need to start living our lives backwards. Children should be working and old people should be relaxing oh, the old, and playing uh, with paints. Benjamin Button approach. Yeah, the old BB approach. I hear that quite a lot <laughs> now these days. Everyone just wants to live backwards. It's ever since that movie came out. You know? I know. It's given us a second childhood hopes. But actually I heard an interesting fact that relates to that this week. I don't know if it's true at all, but it is something I heard um, from someone else that apparently people with a master's of business are far less likely to be entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so to start their own business and be creative in succeeding. Mm-hmm. So it's more likely um, people who are less educated are more likely to be successful entrepreneurs. And it could be to do with, like you were saying, that risk-taking um, This is likelihood. Uh, I think what happened to these children uh, was basically they were educated. Mm. And what school does to you is it... Uh, it shapes you in a way and it gives you it, you're basically told that there is only one answer to a question and then you sh- that you shouldn't copy and <laughs> and stuff like that which you normally do in uh, in everyday life on mm. a, uh, almost every day don't yeah, you yeah it, it teaches a conformity i guess conformity. which it can work like i guess when you come out of a traditional education you know enough to get by in the real world but yeah like you're saying it pushes that creativity aspect out of the way yeah which is which is sad because how else are you going to succeed in your life you what if you're let's say what if you suffer from dyslexia like Mm. my boyfriend i uh or dysgraphia like my boyfriend as well (laughs) i can't even read what he writes Mm. but he's great at drawing Mm -hmm. and uh school doesn't really pick up on the on the potential i guess of uh of children yeah i think that's definitely true that um school is it's, it's too traditional in its focus even these days. 
So, yeah, you're right. Things like teaching that there's only one correct answer to a question or that copying is wrong when copying is one of the ways that we, as a species, have always learned from each other. We copy the behaviours of others and see what works and see what doesn't work for other people. And we want to collaborate because mm. that's what we do. We, we, the best ideas did not come from one person, did they? Mm. That's very true. Yeah, there's that lack of um, giving children, I guess, a chance to experiment with Definitely. ideas. Yeah, And you're also told that if you, you you're sort of afraid at school because you make you might make a mistake and you get punished for that. Mm. So back in my school, that was quite it was quite hard because we were let's say given a, given a test for grammar and we need to write a piece of text. And uh, if you made one mistake, and there were many uh, opportunities to make mistakes, <laughs> there, there was like a hundred opportunities to make a mistake in that text. <laughs> Uh, we made one mistake. The grade w- uh, was one uh, le- one level worse. Yeah. So let's say I'd get immediately for one mistake, I'd get a B. Yeah, oh, that's wow. pretty, so uh, pretty that harsh. People harsh. who made five mistakes, F. Does it work? Like, do you make less mistakes with that system? Or is no. it just everyone just fails? You know what? All the the ones that succeed, the ones like me, are only those... <laughs> Not to talk myself up. <laughs> yeah. No, no, this is actually talking myself down because... The ones that succeed are basically just those who can memorize mm. uh, how to write this word, how to write that word, and that's it. Who don't rationalize, who don't go beyond the fact. So I'm basically a broccoli. You give me, you <laughs> give me a fact, and I will say yes, that is true, and I accept <laughs> the fact. But there are people who are much more creative, and they they ask why, well, why, why. Mm. And, um, I think our relationship to mistakes has definitely changed over the last few eras. Hopefully, yes. Yes. We look at mistakes now as a personal failure or something that we need to fix about ourselves as opposed to um, on the process of, of working something out. So things like the Wright brothers or Thomas Edison, they had a series of failures before they really invented anything useful. Yes, they did. Yeah. Didn't they? <laughs> But you know what played a big role in that, uh, <laughs> in that whole situation? Also that... Uh, Thomas Edison was uh, so consumed by the fact that he wanted his uh, DC electricity uh, to be the, the right one. Mm. He didn't want the uh, Serbian guy, was it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Serbian guy to succeed or to uh, eclipse him. <laughs> It's really interesting the way that people look at science considering what really happens in science. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the psychological sciences, the main mathematical um, proof that we use is what's called Pearson's R. So it's a measure of a relationship. And we then use something to decide whether or not something is significant. So 95% that it's not due to chance is basically we find out in the moment in the psychological sciences that not nothing has happened. That's all we ever know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah. there's another man called Fielding, I believe. You can text in and tell me if I'm wrong. But um, <laughs> No one knows. It's just roll with Fisher, it. Fisher, sorry, Fisher, came up with a theorem basically that will teach you, uh, sorry, be allowed to use to say how much effect your intervention is happening. So there's two competing schools. Mm-hmm. So I could do therapy with you and one aspect of research would show that not nothing has happened, whereas the other one would show you how much has happened. But the mm-hmm. less useful one has actually won out 
basically because of an argument between the two like men involved. Mm-hmm. Not because of any merit on their actual invention, All right. just because there was infighting between the two of them. They couldn't collaborate. He took the, uh, I'm going to turn this car around approach. Yeah, he really did. <laughs> All right, that's it. I've had enough with you and your theorems. I'm out. Well, basically, he created a journal which became the most prestigious journal in statistics. And the reason why he created it was solely so Fisher would never publish in it. <laughs> so what we learned today and the basis of uh, our education and what's in the textbook maybe must maybe could be based on on feuds between uh between Truly. people between ac- academics and uh funny thing is that I think maybe the education system today uh, how it's been created and how it stands on its own is said to maybe produce only academics really mm. people who think who are still in their hat yes So, and you know how much arts are actually underrepresented in school subjects. So mm. you would have math five times a week, but you'd have arts and music only one time a week. Well, I think we have an interesting relationship to arts. I think that we believe things like maths and science can be taught, but art skills can't, which is a new theory. Back mm-hmm. in the day of Charles Darwin, he would have been taught sketching as much as he was mm-hmm. taught science because yes. sketching was a large part of being able to take down scientific data. Mm-hmm. But now we don't see that. For some reason, I think we seem to think the musicians and talented artists are naturally born when they're not. It's just a matter of practice again. Mm-hmm. I think there's like some truth in the practice thing, but I also think like I could play golf every day and I'd get better at it for sure, but I'd never get to the level of Tiger Woods, for example. But what we find about people like Tiger Woods is what they do is not just play every day, but they actively seek criticism and act on that criticism. So they're not afraid of their mistakes. So we know mm-hmm. from research on experts that what experts do is seek criticism and try to adapt to that criticism. Mm-hmm. So they're actively looking for their mistakes, which is not what the school system chooses to do. Definitely not. Mm. Have you ever been punished for any mistakes or did you feel intimidated when you had to stand in front of a class and read your essay or anything? I like don't know that? if you know this, but I'm actually perfect in almost every way. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of awkward. It's a bit of I'm just finding out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, of course. Um, it's never easy to take that criticism. Mm. But then when when you do listen to it and maybe adapt your work because of that, then you're like, ah, damn, they were right. All right, this is actually better than what I originated with. Like, I do um, web design and stuff like that where people would be like, oh, you should just change this and this. And I'm like, I don't, you don't know better than me. And then I'm like, ah, maybe they did. That right. looks awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of thing, I can definitely relate on that level. All right. I've uh, sourced something interesting for you guys, and Ben and Vicky will help me to read it out. It's a, a teacher gave uh, her first-grade students an assignment and that was to fill the rest of a proverb so uh, this is a beginning of a proverb and then what the first grader filled in go ahead guys so uh, the phrase or the beginning of the, the phrase don't bite the hand that looks dirty that's some good Solid advice, advice. <laughs> a miss is as good as a mister <laughs> yeah I second that <laughs> I definitely second that Third that? Yeah, well, I could argue a little bit. <laughs> you would. Shush. An, an idle mind is... The best way to relax. Ah, yeah. <laughs> That's, like, kind of insightful, I think. I think there's they're like, all quite insightful. There's some uh, interesting uh, truth behind that. <laughs> a penny saved is... Not much. <laughs> if at first you don't succeed... Get new batteries. 
Yay. Which, that's one of a more uh, obscure but quite interesting... I like it. Yeah. I see where to go with this. I could see that as a chapter to an autobiography or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> What's my, I once had a discussion with someone around um, autobiographies. Mm. Anyway, I can't remember the title of mine. I think it was We're All the Same Height Sitting Down. Uh, <laughs> Vicky Smith's story. It's very anyway. uh, deep. I can't wait for your uh, telemovie <laughs> movie of the you get You get out of something only what... You see in the picture on the box. Yeah. <laughs> when the blind lead the blind. Get out of the way. <laughs> Which, again, it's not Solid the traditional uh, traditional phrasing, but it's I think just, this just is as all insightful. Shows great parenting, though. A bird in the hand is going to poop on you. Which yeah. that's just logical. <laughs> and uh, sooner or later, yes. the winner of the proverb. Uh, selection better late than pregnant which i think <laughs> we can all relate to I'm totally well not you <laughs> well <laughs> anyway there was some really really smart advice from first graders <laughs> and, uh, it shows that they um, live in this world they they like to feel present they experience things experience things aesthetically and what we are giving them is something anesthetic a person a blackboard uh, nothing yeah. really. A book, like for example, me. I am awful with books. I don't know how about you. I can't, I can't sit down and read. I fin- I start reading and halfway through I have to go back because I don't know what I've just read. You just tune out or something. I'm yeah, really I lucky. Can... I learn socially, so if someone else tells me something, I remember it and learn it. So so long as someone mm-hmm. exists that I know that knows something about something, I will also know it. Does it have to be someone <laughs> that you respect their opinion of or like that oh, you find I, interesting? I guess I... Because uh, mm. I think that would be more likely for me. If a, if a really good friend told me something, I'd be more likely to remember it than... And would you uh, be more likely to believe it if you didn't research it properly? I would probably and, research it still. The other day, yeah. my friend was telling me about how his PhD is on using human waste as fertiliser. And it sounds really interesting, and I remember quite a lot about it. So, so. he was just trying to get you to give him a sample? Or... <laughs> but no, this, uh, this test, uh, it reminds me of my sister when she was about the same age in first grade. She did a similar test where they had mm-hmm. a, a sheet of things that make noise, and you basically just had to say, does this make a sound or not? And so it would be like a bed, and so, you know, presumably you'd write no, but her answer was yes, because you can jump on a bed yeah, and it squeaks. squeaks. And then there'd be a musical instrument and uh, she would say that that doesn't make a sound because you have to physically play it. And she, like, completely failed this test, but she had logical reasons for why Mm, everything uh was... why she answered that way. And And that's... Yeah, that's what they're talking about in the study that I was talking about. Well, I used to come up with words when I was doing creative writing and I eventually went on to be a journalist, but I made up a word for how a penguin would sound (laughs) and my teacher corrected it. Even though it was my own made-up word, I said mm-hmm. we we wrote about Storm Boy, the classic Australian tale, yeah. uh-huh. and we, I wrote that the um, Mr. Percival gurgled until Storm Boy woke up. Gurgle being what I believed a penguin would do. I um, what is he? A pelican. Pelican would do. Um, and she corrected it to grumble. I was like, no, I did not no, mean grumble. It's definitely gurgle. Yeah, I was like gurgle, my friend. Yeah, that could have ca- caught on by now. If uh, do you think Shakespeare had someone correcting his made-up words? No. Yeah. That's right. But this is ridiculous. How can she correct a word that is made up to make to sound like a sound? I know. She corrected my onomatopoeia. <laughs> <laughs> and this is this is like 
you have every culture has different sounds for animals. Mm. So, uh, like for example, how does your what does your rooster do? Cockadoodle do, I'd say. Yeah. All right, our rooster does kikiliki. Yeah, it's the same in France. It's like kikiliki. Mm. <laughs> Not kikiliki. I, I don't like that. <laughs> They're both equally France. stupid. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. I think neither of them sound like a rooster at all. <laughs> well, what's funny though, I was singing a nursery rhyme to one of my friends in Finland, and she sang it to me in Finnish. So there oh. is some childhood stuff. It's the in the cabin in the woods, little man by the window stood. Do you know that one? I don't know. Saw a rabbit. I don't even by. know this one. Really frightened as can be, and but, she sang it in Finnish so some stuff does make it internationally I had a similar wow. experience with I was watching uh, Battlestar Galactica <laughs> and they were playing a song that my mum used to sing to me as like really young child that was a Estonian nursery rhyme ah. but they were playing like it was I, I researched it because I'm like who knows this song and it was one that the actress in the scene her mum or grandmother had sung to her in China or something like that. Wow. And so it's like these weird connections in that way. Yeah, Yeah, that some stuff does seem to travel. Yeah. That's great. Uh, And I also wanted to touch on the fact that people, maybe children, the reason why children aren't paying attention anymore is obviously because of technology, Mm. but also, uh, well, and then we attribute this new uh, thing called ADHD, uh, Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. And we say, well, he he doesn't pay attention. He suffers from AD, ADHD. He's useless. Uh, and go get get yourself cured. You know, <laughs> that's basically the short term solution to a much bigger problem. Because these kids, they don't obviously they are bored, so they they don't need to be medicated, but they don't have ADHD. That's that's what I'm thinking. Well, there's a good uh, joke on South Park where they're all being tested for. ADHD and they read like a huge book and then it's like all right the question is what color was the car on page 31 and no one obviously (laughs) can answer it it's like well these kids already have obviously ADHD and that kind of seems like the go-to reaction in a lot of situations where people just overreact and it's like well if you can't concentrate then we'll just medicate you yeah I don't know how much it really happens in the community I think that there's a media push to say that we are over medicating our children I don't I don't know the statistics Mm -hmm. myself so I'm not going to comment but as a clinical psychologist, I think it is important that we have good assessments. So there are children out there who have been medicated and they change their lives, like have really been like, I couldn't concentrate before, I couldn't do anything useful and now things are completely different. But then obviously you, you can't do that with every child who just doesn't listen. It's about having a good assessment but and knowing what's appropriate. The thing is, wouldn't, wouldn't, be, wouldn't it be better for the child that doesn't listen and can't concentrate at all, go out and try to do something something else and find out what it is that it's good that it's the one thing that he or she is good at? Well, a lot of a lot of children would find it even something that they think is really interesting. They just can't concentrate. Because what actually happens in ADHD is when we give them drugs, it doesn't slow them down. It actually speeds up their brain processes. So some of these children, their brain processes are a lot slower than other children and they find it difficult to concentrate because they can't keep up. Mm-hmm. So even something that's quite interesting to them, because they can't keep up, they just tune out. But, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it depends on having a good assessment of the child. Um mm-hmm and making sure that what your intervention is is appropriate and is going to be useful. But I'm sure it's also probably an ongoing assessment. It seems like it would also be an issue because people would just have that initial reaction and then it's like, well, now that I'm on drugs, I'm going to just keep taking them. Maybe down the line you should have evaluated, is it working? Well, of course, yes. Yeah, I, yeah of course. I, I honestly don't know 
in the community what's actually happening that much with children on medication. I know that the media really swings towards that it's bad and really pushes the idea that it's bad, but I don't know enough about what's really going on to Mm -hmm. make a comment, I guess. There's an interesting story of the choreographer of Cats and many other musicals. Uh, Her name is Gillian Lynn. She is from England and when she was little she suffered from attention deficit, let's say, disorder. Mm -hmm. And uh, her teachers sent her with her mother to a doctor. And Mm -hmm. uh, while her doctor examined her, then he also then said, uh, okay, let's leave little Gillian here and I'll speak uh, with the mother. And they left and he put a radio on. And then he said to the mother, well, look at her. She's she's not stupid. She's a dancer. (laughs) Because she started dancing. And that's something really interesting to me because the only thing that was there to discover the little girl's talent was just turning on the radio. <laughs> and here she is, a brilliant uh, brilliant figure in our mm. history. So just think about how many people are inspiring right now. Just by being on radio. Yeah, they're listening to us and everyone is immediately going to start dancing in the streets. But I think it is true. You need to do a thorough assessment that includes looking for strengths and weaknesses. But I guess my point is that just because misdiagnosis happens doesn't mean that diagnosis is never appropriate. Not for sure. Do you think that people go through schools and they still don't know what they want to be? Because that's kind of my case. I definitely didn't. I still don't know what I want to be. (laughs) But that's probably more indecision than school's fault. I think, like, you definitely learn, even if, the basic geometry or like you know mathematical like english all those regular subjects don't even if that doesn't see, sink in i think you do learn a lot about interacting with people and meeting people that making those connections i think that is a valuable aspect of school that we haven't touched on today as well yeah that is that is, but I really, really, really wanted to criticize school, so <laughs> please don't bring that up. Oh, okay, sorry, my bad. Yeah, everything about school sucks. Let's uh, finish the show right now. No, never mind. Uh, anyway, I, I guess I was I went through, uh, you know, the usual kindergarten, elementary, high school, uni, and now, and I don't know whatever I'm doing now, institute. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Anything and I to still avoid work, basically. Mm, sorry. Everything learning to avoid work. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Um, <laughs> but it's. I still don't know what I want to be. And I did. I did work for a company for two years, and and I said, well, this is not what I want to be. And it has not really given me anything, any any other hints. Uh, so. <laughs> well, you've narrowed it, it down slightly, so you can take one off the list and move on. <laughs> I guess I have never found my potential, so I don't really know what I'm good at. And it's, uh, that's the thing. I've heard an interesting story that uh, there was a guy who was really smart and he really wanted to be a fireman. <laughs> and this was when he was in high school. And his teacher told him, no, that's such a horrible waste of your talent. You have to go to uni. You have to go to uni. <laughs> and the guy said, what? I really want to be a fireman. And he didn't listen to the teacher and went off, do his uh, TAFE, I guess, mm. or something like that. And became became a fireman and then a couple of years later the teacher uh, was in fire and uh, was rescued by guess who <laughs> and he said this guy. i yeah. was gonna save you but you told yeah. me not to fulfill this potential so, so he just left her in a burning building but i think what you're saying is very true i suppose it's not so much school that might be the issue but the relationship we have with school 
So I would say to anyone who's considering what their next move is after high school or even sort of year 10. Become a fireman. Become a fireman. No, if you're not Mm -hmm. sure, there's no point in going straight into a uni course you're not passionate about, especially Mm -hmm. since it costs money. Um, Or if there's a field, something like journalism or advertising or those creative fields, it's often a lot more use to just go into the field and be an intern and start getting your ideas heard, Um, even as a free intern and stuff like that, is far more useful than going to university. And that's an excellent point, Vicky, actually, because I've heard that it has no point in going to uh, get a degree when you don't know what you want, Mm. or at least... It just you don't have to go and do it now. Mm. Go do something else. So for all of you guys out there that are um, considering going to uni or not going to uni and you don't know what you want, relax. Yeah, take It'll some time fine. off. Travel, try a few different jobs. It'll give you an idea of what you want before you waste your money on a degree that you're not passionate about. Exactly. End of time. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. This was the Planet of the Apes <laughs> and here my wonderful co-hosts, Ben and Vicky. <laughs> It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for letting us intrude on your show. It's been a while since I talked about anything serious. I know. I feel like I I feel so intellectual after this. (laughs) Okay, let's go get a cup of coffee after this. (laughs) We can talk some more. Uh, Have a nice rest of Sunday and something nice for you to listen to Sublime Garden Grove. Bye. See ya.